0: there you are listening to iwg radio the place to be for all of your wellness needs we just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions the lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. I have my lovely, lovely friend, Narissa here. And we're very excited to be talking about her most recent journey with uh, her health. And I'm really excited about this because just being friends with Narissa and having some you know, side conversations, she's just said some things that I think have been really impactful um, for me. But in addition to really just having her, you know, explain her journey and how she really didn't just find an expert or, you know, find, you know, a facility to help her through her health journey. It was really about a lot of self-exploration and mindset shift and habit change and I think this is just such important information for people to understand that When you're trying to reach a health goal, it's not just necessarily about your team or your doctor or, you know, your coach. There is a lot of things that have to shift internally. And with that being said, I would love for her to just kind of tell us a little bit about just what even sparked the start of this whole journey and process. Yeah,
1: so I went through a really big healing crisis, and um, about seven years ago, I started getting really heavy outbreaks of eczema all over my body, and the first thing I did was stop eating gluten, and, you know, throughout that time, I'd still have these really big outbreaks, and, and i she's
0: talking- full body, you know, really, really significant, like uncomfortable cracking of the skin. I remember you showing yeah.
1: me. And be burning. And yeah, on a scale of one to 10, it would be a 10. And so I started seeking help from naturopathic doctors in Connecticut. And they started me with some homeopathy that would really help. And mm-hmm. APIS was one of those uh, tools I was using at the time. And that would help to some degree, but it wasn't the cure. And then um, in the last uh, three months, it became really uh, profound that I really needed to change everything in my life, um, starting with how I treat myself. And I think in the past, I would look at things like, oh, I need self-care. I have to go to this facility and receive that. Mm -hmm. And in the more recent, I realized like, yes, I still need those people in my life and that care. But I also need to look at myself in a way that I love myself. I need to listen to music that's loving. I need to be around people that are also in, in a loving way and supporting me throughout this process instead of judgment. Um, you know, my diet has changed tremendously. I've been on a vegan based diet for over three months now. I stopped drinking alcohol. I exercise five to six days a week. It's really been. Um, not just one thing. It's my whole life has changed. And I start it one step at a time. And, you know, I really believe it takes a village to heal. And, you know, I said to you the other night, like, you know, I every one of my friends and my companions in my life is a facilitator. Every single person is some form of therapist, whether that's like a holistic therapist, a Reiki therapist, a crystal therapist, you know, an integrative therapist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think all of those threads, it's about weaving this bigger scope in order for me to be whole.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just so significant that. You know, the way you described the process and like almost the evolution that happened in your mind is, you know, you went from a linear approach of let me take the homeopathy, you know, cut out the gluten and hope for the best. And that obviously you saw improvements with it, but there were probably ups and downs and then capping out at a plateau. And I think that that is something from a physician standpoint and especially because my practice has evolved so much over time of becoming more integrative is a lot of times we are looking at things linear. We're looking at – and this is not because of us. It's because what we're all – program to think is that there's eventually going to be the one, you know, the one pill, the one homeopathy, the one supplement, the one dietary change that will make the big shift. And when we look at, you know, it as a whole, which you obviously have learned in the past few months is this is not just about, you know, utilizing some of those those tools from a diet supplemental perspective, but this is about making a really significant shift. And, Really cutting out all the toxins because we can sit here and call gluten a toxin, but there's a lot of people in our lives that are toxins as well. And I think that, you know, I would love for you to expand more on that because this is something that I personally feel as a physician who's been doing this for eight years this is very often something that is not being acknowledged, number one. Number two is it's a very uncomfortable to face. And number three, it's usually the one thing that we will push off, push off, push off, despite how significant it could be for our healing process.
1: I think when I got really real with myself, um, was when I did a 76 hour fast and I had my oh. first colonic and I really emptied, like emptied myself to a point of like almost, uh, euphoria. Yeah. Um, where That's I was, why
0: this, this came out. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and I, I was high, I was high off of being empty and, You know, at that time, I was like, I could hear more clearly what my needs were for myself. Mm -hmm. And I would check in about them, like, how is this relationship affecting my healing process? And I would name someone and it would be like. You know, a very clear response of that person is affecting your healing process in this way, which was, say, depression Mm -hmm. or uh, judgment or Mm -hmm. um, narcissism or it could be any emotion. Right. But at the end of the day, when I was so clear, it was so easy to actually hear myself Mm -hmm. and what my needs were. And I also think because I cleared so much space for myself, it was then a process of like, okay, Narissa, what do you want? And what are your needs now? Mm -hmm. And I would literally find myself in the grocery store just asking myself, like, what do you need today? (laughs) And I know that sounds silly, but at the same time, it's like we're always so separate from that. It's like, oh, my God, I got to prepare six meals this week. It's going to be chicken and this and this and this and this instead Mm -hmm. of really just taking the time to, like, relax into what we need now in this very moment moment. And I think that is also the big piece for me with positive relationships is that it's like in this moment, I can honestly say like, this is a healthy relationship I'm in with myself. Mm -hmm. And that makes it really easy for me to show up in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I think in the past, it was like, I would fill myself with these mindless relationships because I needed to keep filling myself Mm -hmm. with something. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think toxic people can look a lot of different ways in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's all a reflection of where you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think when you really start to peel back the layers of what you want and what your needs are, you start to see yourself in a much different way. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I started falling in love with myself for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, in 36 years. Instead I can, of
0: feeling like you need it from an external source. Exactly.
1: Like, oh, I need this person to love me. It's like, mm-hmm. no, like I can love myself just the way I am. And I am enough.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, and it just started opening up a lot of gateways for me as far as, like, what healthy relationships are Mm -hmm. and how I want to feed them.
0: Well, and I think, like, the way you described, you know, going through the fast and, you know, being able to finally, like, hear yourself and be honest with yourself is, you know, it's not that everyone needs to go and do a 76-hour fast to get to that point. For sure. But – So many of us never, ever, ever carve out the time to even sit down and reflect and think. And take the cell phone and put it away and put the laptop away and close the emails and get away from the kids and get away from the spouse. And, you know, we don't we don't do that. And we're in such a connected world. It's so easy to play the comparison game, get on social media, distract ourselves. You know, there we live in a world of entertainment. You know, it's there is a million avenues you can go to avoid. The taking time for yourself, the self-reflection, and when we can do that, there's such a power in it, clearly, with what you're describing, is being able to truly just ask yourself, what do I want? And be okay with whatever the answer is, because we also shift, especially as females, into... Oh, that's selfish. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't do that because I have kids. They have to come first. My spouse has to come first. My family has to come first. I got to take care of everybody. Can't take care of myself. I got to take care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, You know, the interesting thing, it's such a simple concept, but you're on a plane. They're giving you the demo of what to do if something bad happens and the oxygen drops down. And every single time they say you put the oxygen on yourself before you put it on the person next to you. And that's because if you don't care for yourself, there's no possible way that you can show up in the relationships that you, you know, you obviously hold dear to your heart. You can't show up to those relationships In the way that you hope for if you don't have a good relationship with yourself.
1: I agree. And I also think it makes it really easy when you do show up to those facilitators because you're in such a clear space that it's like, oh, now we can talk about what I really need
0: mm-hmm. instead
1: of expecting
0: this person to heal me, mm-hmm. you know. And it- when Mar- Marissa says facilitators, <laughs> she means like healers. <laughs> that's yeah. her, her, her name that she, she loves.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I am a healer. You know, I've been – doing some scope of healing for over 15 years of my life. You know, I'm a crystal resonance therapist and a Reiki practitioner amongst the many other hats I wear. And, you know, even as a bartender, I'm tending to people's experiences. So that is a facilitator. That is a healer. People are coming to get some form of energy. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that looks a million different ways. But at the end of the day, it's like... How I choose to carry myself is also a reflection of the people that come in, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, that's probably part of the reason I met you when I did in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. and in my journey, because it was like I was reflecting things that were in alignment with you and Mm -hmm. your character.
0: Yes. Well, you're pretty awesome, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I agree. We're both really great.
0: (laughs) This is like normal parts of our conversations. We're like, no, you're
1: awesome. You're awesome. (laughs) For sure.
0: So I want to circle back to um, diet as well, because you mentioned about a vegan diet. And, you know, one thing that I want to I I want you to kind of uh, explore and explain a little bit more about why that felt right for you. But before doing that, my one disclaimer to everyone is that. When we talk about diets on this podcast specifically, this is not about the one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Narissa, being able to explain to you why going vegan felt really good for her and the reasons and how it nourished her body at that time, you know, it's important to know that Diets also should be reflective of where you are. They should be reflective of, you know, I feel like I need to like overload myself with plants right now and I need to separate myself from animal protein, maybe because I don't feel like I'm digesting it well or it's not good for where I'm at right now. Mm. but. We get really stuck with the identity of certain types of diets, and we stay with them long, long term, and we lose the ability to listen to our bodies. And when you're a vegan and you wake up and you go, man, I am craving a steak, instead of feeling guilty about it because you love animals so dear to your heart, you might be thinking, well— Do I have an iron deficiency? And is that the reason why I'm craving this? So I really want to kind of make that disclaimer before we talk about the diet because I don't want people to walk away thinking the only way that I can be healthy like Narissa, is if I go vegan. For sure.
1: I I actually, I like to call myself a flexitarian. (laughs) Because that's really more appropriate for me. Um, Like yesterday, I was craving fish and my brother is a fisherman and he caught this beautiful fish and we had fish tacos. So, you know, to say that I'm just a vegan is not true 100%. And I like flexitarian better because (laughs) it's super appropriate for my life. Um, But, yeah, I think uh, everything you said is really true. I think we get really stuck on labels in this society. And I think um, what I've learned most importantly – A couple things. Um, Meat um, definitely altered my monthly cycle as far as my um, moon time, my period, people call it as well. I like to refer to it as my moon time (laughs) um, because it's a cycle and it's, uh, it's really important to be connected with your cycle. And what I've realized since I don't have poultry and red meat in my diet, I get hardly any cramping now. I suffered from endometriosis, that label, for a really long time in my life. And uh, it's it's like totally different. So that's really transformed. Um, I'll explain that later, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also feel uh, energetically like I'm not weighed down. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm getting so many more minerals in my diet now because I'm eating plants three or four times a day versus meat three or four times a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been a big shift. I have an abundance of energy and my energy is also a lot more consistent throughout the day, whereas Mm -hmm. before I'd have like really hard drop downs Mm -hmm. and then it'd be really hard to get myself back up where now it's like slow and steady um, with a lot more grace Mm -hmm. Um, I think the other thing that I've really realized is how much it's affected my skin. Um, my hair, um, you know, I mean, Nicole, you saw me a couple months back and, you know, my skin was Mm -hmm. in really bad shape. And I can honestly say looking at you today, like I'm proud of this change. It is
0: completely different. Um,
1: you know, if you saw before and after like you kind of creak inside with like, how was I living with this for so long? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, wow, like I can touch my skin and it feels like skin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everything, if there's like, oh, well, I don't know about this vegan diet or this flexitarian diet. It's like, well, everything, the proof is in the pudding, right? It's mm-hmm. like I can sit here. I'm also almost 80 pounds uh, lighter than I was three months ago or really back in June, I guess I weighed 247 pounds today. I sit here 170 pounds, you know, so just that transition, but it's not just the diet. It's also the exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, back in, uh, in June when I quit drinking alcohol, I started walking and I would just do like whatever I could that day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's shifted to like where I'm running three miles almost yeah. uh, every other day. <laughs> and I do yoga now. It's like it's not just one thing, I think. But the diet has taught me more than anything is that um, less is more. Um, the more veggies, the better I feel. Yeah. And
0: uh, it's probably things that you've just been missing for so long as well. It's like giving your body those nutrients. Your body is like, oh, my gosh, I haven't had this for so long but you know it's interesting because like Coming from like the scientific perspective of just even some of the things that you're saying is, you know, when with where your body was at, you know, and and I saw her skin, her skin was like we said, it, it was pretty extreme. It was like I was able to look at it and be like, you must be in pain. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot going on internally that obviously the skin a lot of times is a reflection of what's happening internally. So for you, like making some of the shifts, so. First of all, cutting out alcohol is going to then take so much stress off of the pancreas and be able to stabilize the blood sugar and your blood is running throughout your entire body and your blood health is very reflective of your skin. So we have that piece. And then secondarily is shifting into, you know, doing more plants, getting away from the meat is when our bodies are inflamed and, you know, our diet isn't the best and, you know, we're kind of just like having these ups and downs with our health your digestion can slow down and you can – it can be a lot more difficult for you to break down something like animal protein. So being able to like give your body that break and give your gut this reset is so, so significant to then be able to absorb your nutrients better, to digest better, etc. So for you, it's not just like, okay, I'm not – for me, I'm not looking at you being like, oh, you know, just because you, you cut out the animal protein, that was like – um, the end-all be-all, it was because of cutting that out was able to allow this massive reset to so many of your organs.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, it was like it wasn't just that. It was grains, too. I cut out all grains. I cut out any kind of uh, rice, corn, uh, all kinds of wheat grain And I also cut out sugar 100%. -hmm. And because that, my body started to metabolize the fat Mm -hmm. and get away from eating the carbohydrates and the sugars Mm -hmm. that it normally would. And I know you've been talking about this a lot, like in the recent, like, you know, just because your body shifted, like what makes it shift into a fat eating source versus
0: before it was just burning sugar and carbohydrates all Mm -hmm. the time, which was leaving me swollen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and I'm glad you say carbohydrates too, because so many people just think of sugar being bad and they're not thinking about rice and they're not thinking about even potatoes. They're not thinking about those pieces of the puzzle. We kind of think like, oh, if I had a big bowl of pasta, that probably wasn't. Too great. But, you know, your big, huge bowl of quinoa that you eat every day, or your big, huge bowl of rice, like you still potentially are spiking your blood sugar, you know, on a consistent basis. And that actually kind of brings me to talking about your energy levels and how that shifted. So if you're constantly running in the glucose burning state because of the sugar in the diet, because of the alcohol, because of, you know, the carbohydrates, the grains, et cetera, then you're going to then your brain will only use so much of that glucose and then you just have a bunch of floating glucose in the body which then starts to have a negative effect and will definitely compromise your brain which is going to make you fatigued and foggy so and I know that you're like I just feel like the fog is lifted my energy is completely different which now is also allowing you to be more motivated to do the exercise so at the end of the day it's such a cycle and when we're in the negative cycle this is the reason why you know we eat bad And because we have the cravings, because everything internally is off, we eat the bad stuff, then we feel tired and foggy and moody, and then we don't want to work out, and then we just kind of perpetuate the cycle. You don't work out, you don't have any endorphins, you're not burning any fat, you start to look in the mirror and be like, oh, I look like crap, and then you're like, I'll drink a glass of wine to like numb the pain. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly, and that's what my life was for a really long time, until I really took responsibility for myself and the level of care that I needed. And, you know, I think it's funny, like a lot of people, obviously, have noticed this big transition in me. And they're like, what are you doing? And it's like, well, how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, It's it's not one thing. Exactly. It's, it's, it's everything like, you know, this, this thing we call life, this journey is like, you know, I always look at it of, of like puzzle pieces, you know, it's like every person, every interaction aids to some level of success and grace in your life. And also the ultimate process, which is choice, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like so much of the time we give our energy and our practices to like not the right choices. And I also think I had to bump my head on that log for a really long time in order for me to get to this place in my life where like, I feel the best I've ever felt, and I'm 36 years old, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, and there's this deep calling in me to go into my 40s, like, the healthiest, best version of myself, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's the other thing. We rely on, like, health care, and it's like, what is health care in this, in this society, <laughs> you know? It's like, and it's, it is laughable because it's not real care. Like, I couldn't tell you how many people over this, like, last Very small period of time that have went to the doctors for something and then they got admitted into the emergency room and some of those people never came out, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just a system that's designed to feed them and we give our power to that. Mm-hmm. Over and over again, where it's like I am the one empowered right now because yeah. I am giving myself those
0: things. And just the the transformation that I've seen in you, obviously from a physical standpoint, but f- the fact that you made a choice, mm-hmm. you made a choice to to wake up and do things differently and then stick to that disciplined day to day. That is so much more empowering than just relying on someone else to fix you. And I think that that has played a very significant role in the sustainability for you. You were not like, let me do the Weight Watchers and kind of put it in their hands. And then, you know, I'm going to stop doing that. I didn't really learn anything. I didn't shift any of my behaviors. And, you know, now I'm going to go back to where I was. Like this was a... A, a very empowering, you know, course of action that you have taken. And, and that's why we're doing this right now. I did not bring Narissa on here because I fixed her. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is just so significant because Integrated Wellness Group is amazing and we do amazing things on a day-to-day basis. But the point is, is that I can't fix you unless you're going to play an active role in that. You It takes so much work on an individual basis to shift how you think about your health. You know, when I have those patients that are sitting there thinking that I'm trying to torture them because I told them not to eat gluten and, you know, and then I told them to cut back on the alcohol and they think that I'm, like, you know, trying to maliciously, like, like ruin their lives and I'm like well if that's where the mindset is is that you want to be fixed and you want to be in perfect health but you still want to indulge on eating out every single meal and having a bottle of wine every night that's just not how it works it doesn't equate to a healthy lifestyle so for us to kind of be in this relationship together and you put all of it on me as the physician and say no 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 doc I'm gonna keep doing my thing but you gotta fix me not really how it works. I'm not saying that there's not balance. I'm not saying that it's not about, you know, you'll be able to go out to dinner with your friends and you'll be able to have a glass of wine. But, you know, there is a mindset shift that has to happen in order for you to truly be successful with your health and also to create sustainability.
1: I agree, a hundred percent. I feel like, too, for me, it was a readiness. It was like, Wow, I have all these tools. Now, what do I do with them? Mm-hmm. And I have all these great people that are trying to help me. and it's like now it's my time to like take everything that I've learned and actually put it into into work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was just like I said, a deep readiness in me to want to change and want to grow in a different way. and you know, I think the other piece for me too is like, you know, I think we all struggle from addictive behaviors in our society, mm-hmm. and you know that can look like a million different things. It could look like television addiction. Yes. It could look like our cyber world, cell phone, magic wand addiction. <laughs> it could look like pornographic addiction. It could look like a mocha latte. It that could was it. That's for me. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Food. I mean, it's it's endless, right? The amount of addictions we all yeah. have, and I think when I laid down alcohol, not to say like maybe I was addicted, or we'll just say I was, right? Like, we'll just get real frank. I was addicted to alcohol to some degree, And when I laid that down, it was like, now what am I going to fill this time with? Because Mm -hmm. alcohol is a medicine. Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing. When we lay these things down, these old habits or these old parts of ourselves, it's really important for us to refill that with something new. We can't expect result and leave that laying on the ground and not re-up with something. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing is, like, I let go of alcohol. And like I said to you, I started walking.
0: Mm -hmm. just like
1: one or two days a week Mm -hmm. you know and then now it's like oh five or six days a week I'm exercising Mm -hmm. and walking yeah and you know I think that's the other thing like we forget how precious time is and you know it's funny like my best friend uh who's also my business partner which you know we did a workshop at the integrative wellness center Mm -hmm. a crystal workshop over the the whenever that was summer Mm -hmm. um you know she said to me I totally lost my train of thought there, so I'm just gonna (laughs) (laughs) like, where was I going with that? What was I saying before that?
0: We were just talking about the um, the addictive behaviors, which I do have a comment about. So so okay, (laughs) yeah. So we're just gonna go (laughs) there. Just let that one fly away. Well, what I was like thinking too is a lot of my education that I do when it comes to the addictive behaviors is helping people to understand that you know. When you're trying to overcome addiction, some people can overcome it and some people it's really, really difficult. So really, like there's two parts to the puzzle here. And I think this is just so important to shed light on is that you can have an actual brain imbalance. You can have a massive dopamine deficiency, which is going to keep you circling back to the addiction. And that is the case for many, many people. But then. There's also what you described is you can have, you know, the the chemical dependency because your dopamine is low. So then you go for that glass of wine or that martini Mm -hmm. or the video game or whatever it is, and it gives you that temporary dopamine high, which is going to then make you feel good. But unfortunately, it's temporary. So then it drops back down, which is why you go for that same substance again. But at the end of the day, depending on what it is for you, there's obviously a habitual component to this. So when it comes to filling the void or filling the time that is now opened up, that is so, so significant. Because if you want to use like alcohol as an example, a lot of times, like the feedback I will get is, Well, it's not necessarily about the wine or the drink. It's the fact that I like to go out and I like to disconnect and I like to be in that environment. And I know that I can personally relate to this is I found myself you know, wanting to just like, if I'm home, I'm on the internet, I'm on my computer, I'm working, I'm doing something. So I'm like, let me go. And I'll like, that's my way of disconnecting. So there's definitely a habitual part of this. So it's like, if you're going to try to control the addiction, it's like, okay, we got to consider, do we need to support a chemical imbalance, you know, a, a neurotransmitter imbalance? And then once the time is opened up, what are you going to do differently? Because if you don't figure that out, you're not going to be successful. And I think that's just so, so significant that you were able to be like, okay, well, I have time opened up now because I'm not, you know, wasting time drinking or being hungover. over. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to fill this with something that's good for me. And that's part of it, too. It's like I
1: realized how much money I was saving not going out four or five nights a week, Mm -hmm. you know, or going out and having four or five drinks a night. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, wow, that's a lot of money I get to save. And I put that towards like the colonics and coming and get a spa treatment at Mm -hmm. your integrative wellness center. And like, you know, I started getting more care in other ways that I typically wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And I was also like, wow, I could really afford to eat organic now, Mm -hmm. you know, every day. You know, Mm -hmm. I found myself like wanting to go to the grocery store, whereas before it'd be like, you know, I'd buy a bunch of stuff in the beginning of the week and it would go bad in the fridge because I'd go out to eat. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's, it's so big. It's such a big scope when we think of care and. But what you're saying is so
0: relatable to so many people. Yeah. It's so, so relatable. And, you know, because we, we have so much access to so many different things and, This is not about, like, one, you know, one change. It it was you just shifted how you thought about all of it. And what's really cool is that it also started to become a little bit of a natural evolution, Mm -hmm. is like you started to ask your body more of what it needed. Then you started to be more empowered to go to the grocery store. Then you were more empowered to like, well, I bought all these great things, I might as well make them. And it cut down on the eating out, which, you know, as much as we wanna like make those healthy choices when we eat out, like I had a woman, this was years ago, and I remember she was talking to me about her struggle with weight loss and I was like, well, what are you, you know, what are you eating? She's like, well, I eat grilled chicken on a salad, like, for lunch, and, you know, I have a smoothie in the morning, and, you know, she, like, on paper was doing all of these really, really great things, so I took it a step further, and I was like, okay, I was like, well, where, you know, are you making this stuff yourself? Where are you getting it? What's the quality like? And um, she pretty much disclosed that she was getting a smoothie from, like, Dunkin' Donuts, which is pretty much God knows how much sugar is in it. It's got to be at least 60 grams of sugar. So smoothie sounds good, but depending on where you're getting it and what's in it, different story. And then her grilled chicken salad was actually from a uh, pub. So... We know that chicken ain't organic. (laughs) Secondarily, we also know that the lettuce is covered in pesticides, which now we are up to 262 chemicals on our produce. And then we also, and I worked in the restaurant industry, so I do know all these things. But um, the dressing, you can get your vinaigrette, but your vinaigrette, chances are, high probability there's MSG in it, which is toxic. So on paper, your grilled chicken salad was really great, but the quality of it was crap. And all majority of the components of that salad was all inflammatory. So like these are the things that are not necessarily on our radar when we think, oh, I eat out, but I, I make healthy choices. So and I think there is something therapeutic about even making our own food and and actively nourishing our own bodies.
1: I agree. I feel so much more connected to it. And I'm also excited to, like, get in the kitchen. And, like, I also love the piece that you said about, like, really being authentic about this shift and the evolutionary process because I put zero pressure on myself. Where in Mm -hmm. the past, my old self would be like, oh, my God, you have to do the diet and the exercise (laughs) and you have to do all these things. And I would wilt into a flower and not get any of those things done or accomplished. Mm -hmm. Where this time it was like. Oh, I think I can get out into the world today Mm -hmm. and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. I think I can do that. And I would. And I'd show up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then it evolved into the next thing, right? And, like, now I told you, like, I run, like, three miles every other day, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, too, it's, like, the amount of pressure we all put on ourselves in society literally wilts us into flowers and mm-hmm. it's like it takes us out of our authentic self and also like this is who I am mm-hmm. you know we're always trying to be something we're not because we're comparing ourselves to everything around us yeah. when at the end of the day like instead of comparing myself to say someone like you because you're just in front of me right now I can just share this moment and be really happy with who I am and know that that's reflected in you mm-hmm. you know instead of being like oh I wish it was more like Dr. Nicole <laughs>
0: You know, I really you wish. don't? Yeah.
1: Well, yes, there is part of truth in that. But like, you know what I'm saying in the sense that it's like that's more judgment and ego based of instead course. of just being really true to your heart yeah. and being like, wow, this is amazing. I get to spend this time with her mm-hmm. and I get to be educated and I get to help educate other people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I think it's so it's so good. It's Mm -hmm. so good. And like, I just feel like a different person, you know? And like, even people will say to me like, Narsa, like you're so different now. Mm -hmm. Like what is so different about you? And it's like everything.
0: Well, let's actually go to the flip side of that because you are so different. So like, just share with people, because I know that some people will fear making these strides and taking these steps because they are scared of how their relationships can change mm-hmm. because some of them will change in a really positive way. And then you might find that there are certain people in your life that are not serving you anymore. So I would love for you to just kind of briefly share about that reflection and how, you know, how you kind of handled some of that.
1: Um, with a lot of grace and compassion and, uh, you know, with a lot of love, and I think at the end of the day, I think you know all people come into your life for a reason. And I think um, for me specifically, what I realized is my level of depression and uh, dysfunction was not serving me or my partnerships at that time. And I think it takes a lot of courage to tell someone that you really care about that you can't be with them anymore. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of strength of character. But the other side of that is um, most people stay because they're comfortable, because they know, like, this is good and there's nothing really wrong. Like, there was nothing really wrong, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But it's like my soul was like, this isn't for you anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. it's time to lay that down in order for you to... Anymore. And I think that's a
0: key key thing is... You know, it's not that that person, you know, wasn't good for you the whole time. It's just maybe where you are now and where you're going, things – you just need different things.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think no matter what, you can still do that with grace and ease in your life and a lot of love without doing it like my old self would have been a tyrant, would have like, you know – uh, smashed things and been angry and <laughs> abusive because that's who I was being to myself, angry and abusive. Mm-hmm. And the second that that switch went on to like, oh, I can be more graceful and more loving and kind and caring to myself, I was able to do that for to others. The, for others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like in relationships, whether whatever the partnership is, you know, it's a matter of who's waking up Mm -hmm. to the fact that this no longer serves either of us. Mm -hmm. And one person may not be ready to admit that. Mm -hmm. But I think even in my experiences with some of those relationships that I've laid down, I've watched them progress and I've watched them blossom in their own way. And whether they're ready to admit that or not, Mm -hmm. I still can see the changes happening in them as well. And all of my relationships are much different now.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's really significant that you say that because, you know, one of the methods that uh, Dr. Nick, my husband, does in at Integrative Wellness Group is the Martini method. And, you know, when he's doing this method, he's taking people through uh, different events that they presume to be very, very traumatic, very negative. And sometimes it is uh, this person left me or this relationship ended or this person, you know, uh, moved on. And there's usually a lot of negativity around it and a lot of resentment around it. And the whole purpose of the method is to really kind of like unravel all aspects of it. Because there's always going to be good with bad because everything is always in balance. That's actually physics. And what often is found is that the event that they presume to be the most horrible thing ever that completely had only negatives and no positives, they realize how that actually completely shifted the trajectory of their life that ended up allowing them to be where they are today or they you know met someone else or they got the different job or or whatever the case may be but sometimes we're not always reflecting back on the scenario to really be able to see the positives that That came out of it. So I think that it's really empowering with what you're saying is that, you know, when you have these uncomfortable conversations, it's not always that the other person is going to get it at that moment. But no matter what, if one person is not feeling congruent anymore, chances are the other person is as well, but they're not willing to admit it. Um the energy is energy. You're always going to feel that and there's always going to be that transfer. Um a lot of times we're just designed to ignore that. We're we're designed to ignore our gut feeling, to ignore that energetic transfer and just keep doing what we're supposed to do or what we think the other person wants us to do, et cetera. So, you know, when you're making these shifts, we could easily say, "Oh, I'm being selfish because, you know, th- nothing was wrong." Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've moved on and I need to, I need to do my thing. (laughs) But in reality, it's, you know, you could easily be doing them a service, but you might not realize it within that moment or they might not realize it within that moment.
1: Yeah, when you talk about this, I keep getting the thread of grief, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like people think of grief as like, um, somebody died. I have to grieve, but it's like throughout my life, I'm gonna have to keep grieving. I'm gonna, I'm still grieving my old self, you know, <laughs> on day to day basis. Yes. But it's true. It's like because I'm, I'm changing so fast, mm-hmm. and and you know, there's parts of me that it's like, oh my god, do I really miss that? Like, do I miss that person or that thing? And it's like, no, you just have to grieve more, Nerissa. Like, mm-hmm. you need to lay down a little bit deeper mm-hmm. what that was, and you know, I think for me like grief is so layered and I'm sure you could touch a little bit upon this but like it's like the first level of grief is like sadness right it's like Mm -hmm. we go right into like depression mode like I'm gonna cry every day like need boxes of tissues by my bedside and then it's like the next level of grief for me is anger it's like oh my god how did this person just leave me after all this time and space and I thought they loved (laughs) me I thought we were gonna spend our life together and then it's like when you lay some more of that anger down it's like then the next level appears and it's like oh, now I have a little bit more clarity like you were touching upon, like – now maybe I can see the lesson right like Mm -hmm. because there's no bad or good it's just a matter of what you're ready to learn throughout that that person or that experience so then it's like the next part of grief is that it's like Mm -hmm. oh well what's the lesson I laid a lot more anger and sadness and depression down now I can kind of see more clearly of like wow that was a good thing that happened Mm -hmm. and then it's like you know and then you might go through that cycle of grief again just like you know the moon teaches us that like nothing things ever done or complete it just mm. comes in cycles you know yes. and it's a matter for me with this specific thing grief that we're talking about is that the next cycle might be a little easier and a little bit more less stuff that i have to lay down but there's still going to be some level of grief yeah that i have to go through and like even with all of these changes like i said it's like you know i just bought a new house like i'm literally leaving this old this old mm-hmm. self behind it and I'm like stepping into this whole new life, Mm -hmm. into this whole new person and it's like you know it's natural fear is gonna come up
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh You know, that's been something, like, in these last couple weeks, like, that have been coming up a lot, like, fear of failure, fear of not being good enough. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm, like, living this great life doesn't mean that those things still can't penetrate me. And I also have a different level of emotional intelligence right now because I'm so clear Mm
0: -hmm. to be
1: able to work through this stuff in a different way. Mm -hmm. And also be able to, like, say to you, like, hey, fear's coming up, Dr. Nicole. Mm -hmm. Do you have any good tools for me to work through this right now? Now, mm-hmm. And you might give me something that I need in that time, but I don't expect you to heal the fear inside of me. Of course, of <laughs> course.
0: But I think it's significant with what you're saying is that, you know there's there's always going to be things that come up and I think that we need to get out of the mindset that our lives are just going to be like step for They're going to be perfect and we're never going to have stress come up and, you know, we're going to have a world with peace and no war and because at the end of the day, it's all about balance. There's always going to be good with the bad. There's always going to be peace with war, war with peace and we have to kind of embrace that and just be able to teach ourselves different coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and being able to to step into these scenarios differently, handle them differently, think about them differently, you know, be able to, you know, learn the lessons and not necessarily classify it as, oh, I have bad luck or, you know, bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, there is another side of that. There are good things happening to you that you're probably just not acknowledging. So at the end of the day, it is all about balance and it is really about just shifting Shifting the mindset, shifting how you look at things, how, shifting how you show up in in your life, in your relationships, etc. And I think that you are, you know, such a, a great example of all of this and hence why I wanted you to be part of this. And again, for those of you, you know, that maybe missed it early on, like – uh, Narissa was not necessarily just solely working with I W G, and you know I wanted to bring her on to talk about her amazing testimonial to us. This was really about helping to open your eyes that it's it starts with you. It starts with your choice. It starts with your action. You cannot just hand the baton to some physician, hand the baton to some other practitioner and say, you fix me. Because that's just not how it works. It's never how it worked.
1: Well, and it's funny being a facilitator. I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm the right fit for you. <laughs> yeah. you know, like Because you, you, we all have the power as facilitators to be like, nope. I don't think maybe I'm the right facilitator for you Mm -hmm. because what you're looking for isn't what I'm going to give you because I can't give everything to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really empowering for me in my own practices is that like I can say no to anybody I don't want Mm -hmm. to work with as well. And I think, you know, um, there's a seat for every butt in the world for a reason. And that person might need a different kind of facilitator than I am. And that's totally okay, you know. And I might be able to refer them to somebody really great. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, that's something that's really important for me in my practice that, like, a lot of people have taught me is, like, You can say no at any time to someone who's looking for more than what you have to offer Mm -hmm. or just, you know, an energy sucker Mm -hmm. because those people for me are like energy suckers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I – like one of the most profound things somebody told me is like, you know, the – the the brain is on the table, you know. The intelligent person is on the table when you're working on them. You don't have to do anything more than just listen to what is needed at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's like when somebody's getting a session with me, it's like that's the genius.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just have to clear the way in order for them to be full mm-hmm. in themselves, you mm-hmm. know and. I just, I love thinking in terms of that. It's like, you know, we all have a deep innate intelligence in us and it's a matter of really connecting with that. And that's what I'm doing, you know, and it also makes me a much better facilitator because I've went through this healing
0: process. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just huge, you know, talking about facilitators. Again, she means like practitioners and, you know, we always seek out the specialist. We seek out the expert. We seek out the one person who knows our condition the best and you know at the end of the day when you're talking about healing as we know you know after this podcast is it's deeper than that and it's about you know being able to feel your healing start just by you know interacting with these you know these healers these facilitators these you know your team of people and it's not just about you know necessarily oh they're the expert in the one thing that i have going on because chances are number one is you have various things going on Mm -hmm. um And, you know, it's – your healing process is not just dictated on science. It's dictated by your mindset. So psychology, energy, you know, uh, physics, all of those things are really, really significant. Hence why, you know, we have embraced an integrative mindset is it's not about one thing. It's about the diet and the exercise and the mindset and the habit change and all of these wonderful things that you have depicted here today. So I thank you so much. Thank you. And it, it's been an amazing journey for you. And I can't wait to see where you are even in a couple of more weeks. I know. So, um, so we really, really appreciate your insight. I think this is something that so many people can relate to. And it really just, you know, the goal is, is to empower all of you that are listening to just understand that it starts with you and it starts with your choice to really start making those strides to be your better self.
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Until next time.